Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a Medics Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for coming by. Sincerely appreciate it, as always. Hope you're doing well. I uh, hope you're uh, enjoying the somewhat moderate weather before the uh, crazy cold comes in. I think it's supposed to drop down to like negative 19 on Sunday. That is, there's no reason for the world to ever be that cold. Uh, ever, actually. I don't, I'm, I'm failing to find a reason as to why it needs to be that cold. Uh, so anyway, if you don't have any plans on Sunday, uh, maybe keep it that way. Stay in, stay warm. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so, um, I do have a blog read for you guys today. It's an old one. Uh, I wrote this quite some time ago, but it's a story that I wrote about, uh, an experience that I had when I was in the military. Um, the title of this piece is called Yes, Warrant. And the inspiration for it came, uh, by, by way of memory, um, I started thinking about my time at, a, at uh, Camp Borden, and uh, I started thinking about a warrant that we had uh, who was in charge of our, our, our training platoon, um, and uh, his name, uh, well, I, 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 Warren Jackson, I'll just say his name, Warren Jackson, um, he, he, was a, he was a character. Um, he was basically one of those guys who had been in the military probably since birth. And, uh, like, I mean, he was in when Jesus was a Lance corporal kind of thing. And this guy, uh, he just, he, he was the only guy that like, if you heard stories about him yelling at an officer, you'd be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's probably fine. Yeah. And, uh, so he was kind of the dad figure. Everyone always wanted to, you know, make him happy, keep him, keep him pleased. Cause if you did good work, if you, you know, if you kept your room tidy and you, you adhered to the standards of dress and deportment that are so, uh, promulgated through the military, uh, you were in his good graces. You know, all he wanted you to do was soldier on. And, uh, outside of that, if you ever had any issues, he would help you out. But if you were, you know, what we call shit pump, uh, somebody that just didn't work hard, didn't, uh, you know, adhere to any of the standards, then, you know, he could give two shits about you. But uh, there was something that I found funny post-event that happened to me um, at the hands of Warren Jackson. And uh, I wrote it down, um, uh, I can't remember, it was a few, almost a year ago now, I think, when I wrote the story originally. Anyway, um, it's called Yes, Warrant. Yes, Warrant. And, uh, it's, it's something that, uh, I, it should lighten up the blog or the podcast a little bit cause it's not a traumatic story. It doesn't involve any of the, uh, sort of bad ruminative things that, uh, so often plague my thoughts and crash around in my brain. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I can actually say that with this post cause, uh, you know, it is one of those posts that I wrote to be enjoyable and, uh, I'm not a voice actor, so go easy on me. Uh, I did the best I could to uh, differentiate who the warrant was, who I was. So go easy on me, relax, okay? I did my best. Anyway, this is Yes Warrant, and it's coming up right now. For those of you who know me and those of you who do not, you may come to an appreciation of this description together. Imagine, if you will, a younger me, a young man with a skeletal physique and a somewhat awkward disposition. I mean, I was nothing short of a greyhound. All ribs and cock. Now, take that wonderful image and have me standing within the ranks of this man's army. That's right. This story takes place when I was in the army, still a fresh-faced baby soldier, right from boot camp. I had just finished basic training and was posted to a place called Post-Recruit Educational and Training Center, or PRETC. The military loves their acronyms. It was early in the morning, 
and the sun was hanging low within an orange sky. Already the punishing heat of a looming summer's day was beginning to make its way through the window. Myself and my bunkmates all lay, or rather, sprawled atop of our thinly issued military mattresses, awaiting the inevitable wake-up call to begin PT, physical training. Conceding to the inevitable, I pried my sticky, sweat-lathered skin from the now-dampened sheets of the bed, then sat on its edge for a moment before reaching underneath to retrieve my running shoes. That's right. On a morning where the sun was already mocking us with its heat, we were due to go running. And run we did. We snaked in and out from running paths to bike lanes and back to sidewalks. It was so humid out, it was like running in a damp sauna. Upon returning to the barracks from our miserable morning torture, sorry, morning run, I hastily made my way to the showers and began basking beneath the cool beams of water that sprayed from the shower head. Only in the army can you enjoy a cold shower that has nothing to do with hormones. After finishing the shower, then a quick bite to eat, it was off to the warehouse, a giant metal and tin structure that housed all of the senior NCOs as well as us, the stubble-headed baby troops. This is where we met each day, and where each day the sergeants and master corporals would dish out daily assignments. These assignments could be anything from sweeping the same patch of spotless cement flooring until they said stop, to picking up desks and moving them to an arbitrary location on the other side of the warehouse. One of the things they used to love saying was, repeat until successful. Meaning, don't ask if it's good enough. They'll tell you if it is, and they'll let you know when you're finished. After the assignments had been doled out, I was left without a task, which meant that myself, along with the other unchosen, were to retreat to a section of barren warehouse that was made up of some crudely erected office-style cubicles. We were to sit there, just in case anything should come up that we maybe needed for. I removed my beret, claimed a chair, and settled in for the long wait. Just as you would suspect, there were many days where there was nothing for us to be tasked with. So, we just sat there. Sat there and counted the cracks in the blue-tinted pavement, or tried to decipher the initials that had been carved into the sides of the well-aged wooden desks, while picturing who they once belonged to. I was in the process of constructing a fictitious fable of one C.W. when the metal roofing rattled with the sound of one of the sergeant's booming voices calling for me. I quickly jumped from my chair and rounded one of the walls of the cubicle so as to make myself visible to the calling sergeant. Hannigan! He demanded. I stood tall and called back so that he knew I had heard his request for a specific private. Yes, sergeant! On me! Double time! Yes, sergeant! I then quickly and deliberately hustled over to where the statuesque sergeant was stood waiting for me. I jogged until I was within about an arm's reach and then came to a sudden stop while slamming my heel down into the pavement and assumed the position of attention. The clatter of my boots slamming to the cement flooring below gave off a sudden and thunderous boom. The sound of discipline. It echoed off the metal walls of the building while I stood at attention awaiting further instruction from the stoic sergeant. Warren wants to see you. Follow me. Yes, sergeant. My lanky arms and gumby-like stride followed pace in behind the solid gate of the sergeant. We were nearing an office where the platoon warrant was situated. I knew that I had done nothing wrong, but my mind couldn't help but wander while fabricating possible scenarios. After all, it was not often that the warrant had need of face-to-face -face time with a private. As we got to the doorframe that was void of a door itself, I was instructed to stop, stand at attention, and wait outside. At attention? What the hell did I do wrong? I thought to myself, I won't lie, I was now not only sweating due to the intense summer heat that had bloomed into its full ferocity and was baking the metal warehouse that we were in, but also due to fear, irrational or otherwise. I stood rigid as a post. My eyes found a fixed point on the wall across from me, and I bore a hole through it, refusing to even blink. 
After what seemed like way too long, the sergeant reappeared in front of me, and with his head slightly lowered so as to be able to lock eyes with me, he instructed me that the warrant was ready to see me now. I moved with purpose, discipline, and accuracy as I entered the office. Coming to a stop at the position of attention once more, I looked straight ahead of me. I could see the figure of the warrant at the bottom of my gaze, but I did not dare look down. Hannigan? Yes, warrant. Jesus, don't yell. I have a headache. And a wife. She yells. My daughter, too. Lowering my tone slightly, I responded once more. Yes, warrant. Hannigan, you're not tasked with anything today, are you? Uh, no warrant. Tragedy. A soldier such as yourself should never be without direction or purpose. Let's fix this egregious oversight and misappropriation of resources. Shall we? Yes, warrant. Out fucking standing. Follow me, troop. The warrant was a veteran in every sense of the word. He boasted a steely, rust-coated mustache on his upper lip, complete with the ends waxed and curled into hooks. It was also stained with the remains of copious cigarettes that he had inhaled throughout his long service to country. Other than his rank and his appearance, none of us, privates, knew much about him, so he became a figure of lore and fable that was handed down to the newly arriving recruits from the departing ones. By this time, I had heard my share of impossible tales regarding the warrant and his worldly exploits. The thing is, they didn't all seem so unbelievable. The warrant walked briskly in front of me, not even bothering to throw a glance over his shoulder to ensure that I was in tow. He knew that I would be, and I was. We walked around the corner of the offices and down a dusty corridor festooned with flickering overhead lighting that hung high above on the rusted, time-worn beams. He would lead us to a side entrance that us privates dare not use unless otherwise authorized to. He leaned into it with his left shoulder and hip, forcing the door to open. We exited the steel structure of the warehouse and into the unforgiving inferno of outside. Jesus Christ! It's hotter than a sweat box in Tijuana out here, Hannigan. The warrant bellowed while retrieving a nearly empty pack of cigarettes from his breast pocket. While placing the white-covered tube of tobacco in his mouth, he spoke through pursed lips and said, Hannigan, do you know where your barracks is from here? Feeling slightly confused at the question, I was delayed in responding to his query. Hannigan, for the love of God, please tell me you know where you live. Yes, yes, Warrant. Good. We're halfway there. Hennigan, here's what I want you to do. I want you, on the double, to head back to the shacks, go up to your room, take a shit if you need to, but what I need from you is this. Grab your CBRN suit, gas mask with carrier, and come back to me. Understood? Yes, Warrant. By now, the Warren had taken a few drags of his newly lit carcinogenic delight, so each time he spoke, plumes of bluish gray smoke swirled in behind his noticeably sarcastic delivery. Hennigan, didn't you hear what I said? Go, troop, go! Uh, shit, uh, yes, warrant. As if to be a runner who had just heard the clatter of a starter pistol, I took off, slicing my way through the dense summer's heat. It was so hot and humid that taking a deep breath was almost impossible. Needless to say, that lessened my ability to maintain the lightning-like pace that I had started with. Now settled nicely into a jog, I followed the winding path from the warehouse to the barracks, which was roughly five or ten minutes, but in this heat, this ungodly heat, they felt like miles apart. After retrieving the requested and somewhat perplexing items from my kit bag in my room, I bound down the stairs and once again outside into a full-tilt sprint. I ran the same path as before and eventually made it back to the oven of a warehouse. Now, sufficiently drenched in sweat, I found myself once again standing outside the warrant's office. 
albeit a little more winded than I had been before. I was once again invited in, this time by the sound of the warrant's gruff baritone. I entered through as I did before, stood motionless at attention in front of his desk. He looked up at me and spoke through tone lathered in playful wit. Hannigan, would you relax? You're stressing me out, man. You look as though you're wound tighter than a newborn baby's asshole, son. I apprehensively released the tension from my shoulders and stood slightly at ease. Hannigan, you know what the CBRN suit is used for, yes? Uh, yes, Warren. Well, don't leave me in suspense, troop. I'm an old man. I could die before you get a chance to tell me. What's it for? Uh, uh Warren, the CBRN suit is an issued piece of soldiers' essential kit intended to combat the effects and hazards of chemical, biological, uh, uh, radiological, and nuclear attack from the enemy. Uh, Warren. After a slight pause and a somewhat bewildered look that had now slithered across the Warren's face, he responded. Well, yeah, I mean, we all know that. I mean, I do now. Okay, that plus. Follow me, I'll show you. I followed in behind the warrant as he once again led us through the narrow halls from behind the offices. We made our way out into the smoker's area where we had been before, standing together in the stifling heat. He capitalized on this location and occasion to reach into his pocket and grab his vice from his foiled packet. Another cigarette. Hennigan, mop two now! This was the warrant's order to have me get into the insulated green army-issue zip-up suit, designed to be worn in the event of some kind of nuclear war. Without wasting any time, I twitched into action and began grunting my way through donning the oversized onesie. Mop 2 meant that I was to physically wear everything, minus the gas mask and the cumbersome rubber gloves. After dancing in place, I was fully dressed in what the warrant had ordered. After looking at me through a subtle grin that I swear has gotten bigger each time I tell this story, he shouted, Gas, gas, gas! This meant that I was to systematically grab the gas mask that I was wearing around my waist and throw it on over top of my head and face in rapid time. In a real-life scenario, delay meant death. This was something that we practiced often. It was also a good way for NCOs to fuck with us troops, and I couldn't help but feel a slight gnawing idea that I was indeed being fucked with. Now, imagine this. That same nervous and slightly awkwardly thin young man, standing outside in the devil's heat, dawned from head to toe in an oversized green army issue onesie intended to be worn only in the event of a nuclear or biological attack. It was complete with a standard issue gas mask that boasted bulbous eyepieces and a giant canister on one side of it, thus completely muffling my voice and severely limiting my ability to intake large amounts of air. Underneath the rubber and plastic mask, I was sweating buckets. My eyes were stinging because of it. I was miserable. I stood in front of the warrant as he continued to inhale from his lit cigarette with no haste at all. The fact that I was the only one standing around like we were being bombed seemed lost on him, but not to those passing by. Hannigan, do you know what I hate? No, of course you don't. Forget I asked. I'll just tell you. Hannigan, what I hate is an enemy that exploits complacency and weakness within the ranks that I control. I mean, I hate it. Makes me feel like I'm a bad warrant officer, and I don't much think that I am. Do you? Hennigan, don't, don't answer that right now. His speech went on for a while, and it resembled something out of a movie as he paced around on the spot. His hands were now securely clasped in behind his back. Only when he really wanted to get a point across, or accentuate something, did he release one of his hands and cut through the air as if to be a musical conductor. His speech dragged on, and to the best of my recollection, it went something like this. So, Hennigan, now that we both agree that I am not a bad warrant... 
and likely one of the best ones, you can understand why a sneaky enemy is so troublesome to me. Can't you? I remained reticent, waiting for his monologue of rhetorical queries to continue. Hannigan, answer me, can't you see why? Uh, yes, yes, Warrant. My voice barely breaking through the rubber insulation that cupped around my mouth. I likely sounded like a nervous Darth Vader, if you can picture such a thing. Think space balls, maybe. Good. Okay, then. So you will also agree that in the face of a sneaky enemy that is trying to exploit our weaknesses, a quick and concise counterattack would be prudent and perhaps even effective at thwarting the enemy's nefarious intentions. Yes? Yes, Warrant. Hennigan, I can barely hear you and it's hot as a brothel in Da Nang out here. Not that I would know anything about that a friend told me. Anyway, I'm going to assume that you're agreeing with me and agreeing with what I'm saying. If it's correct, just nod your fucking dome. I did. Good. Hennigan. Hey, ta. This was the order to quickly spin around to the opposite direction of whatever way you were facing previously. So, in one skillful motion, I spun around 180 degrees and was now confronted with the blank metal wall of the outside of the warehouse. Hannigan... I want you to relax a little, and I want you to look up. I complied with what he had requested, but it didn't help with the antagonizing sweat that was punishing my eyes from behind the mask. Hennigan, I want you to scan the ledge of that roof. I want you to follow it to where the roof meets the wall. Seen? Seen, Warrant. Good. Now follow that line to your left until you see the relatively low-hanging section of roof. Seen. Seen, Warrant. Out fucking standing. You have the goddamn vision of an eagle troop. Now do me a favor. Scan that sector and tell me what you see. I began to do as he asked. And as I was, I became a little more nervous. I mean, I couldn't see a thing. Nothing that shouldn't be there anyway. Except maybe a wasp's nest and some rust in the corner. But that was about it. Hennigan, do you see it or not? Warrant, uh... Uh... I see, uh... Damn it, troops, speak up. Don't be rude. Don't you know you're wearing a mask that makes it hard for an old guy like me to hear you? Uh, Warrant, I see uh, a wasp's nest, uh, me and some rust. Warrant, that's it. Right. You see that fucking wasp's nest? Those sneaky, buzzing cunts? Uh, Hennigan, does the use of the word cunt offend you, or in any way feel like harassment towards you? Uh... No, Warrant. Good. Moving on. Hennigan, the enemy has attached themselves to our unit. This will not do. This is something that I will not have at my building. Hennigan, I brought you here today because I knew you were the man for the job. When I thought to myself, who in the hell could take care of this bee invasion, I wasted no time in coming up with your name. And do you know why that is? Slightly baffled at what I was hearing, I responded strongly so as to allow my voice to carry. No, Warrant. Well, two reasons, really. It was near the top of my list this morning, and when the sergeant confirmed that you were in the building and otherwise untasked, I thought, perfect, Hennigan is our guy. And make no mistake, troop, you are our guy. Mainly because I don't want to do it, and hell, you're already dressed for the occasion. Works out, right? Yeah, Warren. Pretty, pretty fortunate, I have to say. It was at this time that the warrant started retreating back inside, Sopping wet from sweat and clouded by a hefty obfuscation now, 
I continue to stand there, not knowing what to do. Well, I'll leave you to it then. Uh, hey, Florent. What do you, uh, what do you want me to do? I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do. Huh. You do bring up an excellent tactical issue, Hennigan. With situational awareness like that, you'll be a master private any fucking day now. After a slight pause and what seemed like an unindustrious scan of the area, the warrant walked over to the side door that we had been using to enter and exit the building. What he returned with was an old and splintered wooden broom. He held it in his right hand and through bent brow examined it quickly. Yeah, yeah, that ought to do nicely. He handed me the dilapidated broom. If you can now picture for a moment a skinny private standing in a smoker's rest area, dressed from head to toe in a forest green onesie, complete with gas mask, and ready to die beneath an unbearable summer's heat while yielding a wooden stick that was once a broom, you'll have a pretty good sense of how insane this all was. The warrant handed me the broom. Christ, Anakin, you look like a fucking gladiator. A warrior. You look like a killer. I mean, you look like you're ready to wage war. Yeah, although you look like you could use a drink. You're kind of overdressed for the weather. But no uh, no point ruminating on all that. You look ready, my boy. Ready? Lord, uh, ready for what? To get it done. Dunleash hell to wage war on those godless insects of perdition. Oh, also, don't leave any of them little cocksuckers around. I hate bees. I'm not allergic or anything, but when I'm out here smoking and one of those little yellow cunts starts buzzing around me, it makes me start prancing like Tammy on Toonie Tuesdays at Rusty's Gentleman's... Never mind. Henning could just kill them all. With that, the warrant went inside and left me to do his bidding. I waged that battle, and by battle, I mean I swatted awkwardly at the stubborn wasp's nest while encumbered by the oversized gear that I was wearing. I used that rickety old broom to swat and poke at the nest until I had knocked it loose. It fell to the ground. Now filled with a blood rage, I proceeded to slam it out of existence. I won't lie. I engaged them as if they really were the enemy, blaming them for my uncomfortability. When all was said and done, the warrant paraded me in front of everyone and explained how my heroic actions had left Pret C just a little bit safer, and that tonight, that night being Friday, I was to be taken care of and needed some cold beer. He also went on telling any soldier who was willing to get me something to eat. He said I looked sickly, which of course elicited quite the roar of laughter from my fellow brothers and sisters in arms. I did drink that night. I likely drank my weight in beer. I drank and rattled off the story of the day to any and all who would listen. It, too, elicited quite the roar of laughter on a Friday night. I've never looked at a wasp's nest the same. They are my sworn enemy.